0: Another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here, covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got another Wisconsin football game to break down and get into against the Purdue Boilermakers. Wisconsin comes into this game winners of 15 straight games against Purdue, dating back to 2004. The last time uh, Purdue won was in 2003, uh, and Jim Leonard was actually a hero in that game, or close to a hero, I should say, as he tied. The game on a kick return uh, shortly with just a couple minutes left from what I remember. I was pretty young in that contest. So it's been a while since Purdue has knocked off Wisconsin, but they come in hungry, hungry to snap that streak and keep themselves alive in this Big Ten West race. So it should be an exciting one. We'll go ahead and get into our regular game preview. We'll get into the offensive attack, defensive attack, matchup to watch, score prediction, and everything else before getting into an interview with Travis Miller of Hammer and Rails. Great interview with him. Always love talking to Travis. He's one of the you know really really good content producers for SB Nation um, and Hammer and Rails over there. So make sure then check them out if you're looking for an outsider's perspective on this game, um, or I should I say from the opponent's point of view. So really good interview with him. I think you guys will really enjoy. That'll get you ready for another contest at at Camp Randall. We'll start now with the Wisconsin offense as we get into this game because I think that's the really intriguing area here. I think you you already kind of know what you're going to see from Purdue offensively and how this defense is going to have to try and hold up. But Wisconsin's offensive attack is something that I'm really trying to gauge um, in terms of what they are going to do in this attack. Because in, in the last couple of weeks again, the similar Wisconsin football style, I shouldn't say style, but the way things have been going have been very inconsistent. It's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down. Two weeks ago against Northwestern, this team was throwing for 300 yards. They had a balanced attack, 38 uh, rushes to 30 passes. Last week, you know there was an early Graham merch interception, a turnover, kind of clammed up the entire passing game. And all of a sudden, Wisconsin looks scared to throw the football against the secondary that is pretty weak. Now you're going to be going up against a Purdue defense that is very strong. They've been really good throughout the course of the season. They've been really good against the run. And that's something where I'm a little concerned with Wisconsin when they've gone up against these really, really good run defenses. They've had some struggles. I mean, they've really had some tough times getting things going. You think to Illinois, they're the in terms of one metric that I really look at is success rate. You know, I'm very big into betting. You guys maybe have read my betting column um, for Wisconsin and for the week. That's kind of the, some of the numbers that I use. One of the main ones is success rate, which measures successful plays against a certain area of the game one of those you could break that category down even further into defensive rushing success rate and purdue is a team that is very good in that category 14th in the nation so they to me that says they have the 14th best run defense in the country wisconsin wisconsin has struggled when they've top 25 rushing defense you look at illinois second in the country they've been incredible against the run completely shut wisconsin down ohio state comes in at number seven Wisconsin did get some breakaway runs in that game. You talk about the Braylon Allen 75-yard rush, but most part, the offense was shut down. Purdue, 14th ranked. That's just a few spots behind both of those schools, and we're talking about that's two units that really hampered Wisconsin's rushing attack. So I don't think you can come into this game and and just say, you know, Braylon Allen, similar to Purdue games of the past, we're going to run the ball. They're weaker up front. They don't have a, a strong defense. They've got an incredible offense that can score points, but their defense is, is weaker. That's not the case with this Purdue team. It wasn't the case for Purdue last year. Wisconsin was able to find some success, but he was kind of one of the only. That was one of the only games at Wisconsin, or excuse me, that Purdue got really kind of beat up by the run last year. Yes, Wisconsin did win it by Graham Mertz They're only throwing it maybe 13 times. I don't think you're going to have that same recipe for success this year. I think this Purdue defense is going to really try and shut down this run game, and then it's going to be up to Wisconsin to either develop and stay balanced in that passing attack, or are they going to just kind of continue to batter their head against the wall and try and keep running into uh, into a Purdue front? Now, if they come out and they have a ton of success, granted, yes, you're going to keep running the football, and you're going to try and probably get Braylon Allen 30 touches in this game, but. They have to be successful and they have to have some balance off with it. So I expect Wisconsin, I don't, I guess, I don't know what to expect with Wisconsin. I think what they should do is find that balanced attack, but we've seen Wisconsin go from balanced to no pass whatsoever, to scared to pass, to run, it's just been all over the case. The inconsistency with the play calling has been a head scratcher to where you're not really even sure. What to expect from them on this offensive side of the football, and, and I think Wisconsin is going to come out and try and establish the run. They're going to try and use that running game, but I think where I'm a little confused on is how they're going to react if they get shut down, if they get punched in the mouth. Do they keep trying to consistently run the football, or do they open it up? Do they play more towards that balance, thirty-eight pass, thirty or excuse me, thirty-eight rushes, thirty passes? I think that's the numbers that you want to see from Wisconsin. When you are talking about how this offense has had success, if you are trying to consistently run it and only throw it, you know, fifteen times a game, I think that's going to put you more damage than good. You know, that maybe it works out. You know, I, I think everyone will look to the Purdue game last year and see that Graham originally threw it thirteen times, and maybe you think that's going to happen again this year. But I think that's a hard ask for this offense right now, especially because they're just not running the football the way that I think this team wants to. The other thing for Purdue offensively that you have to look for, or excuse me, defensively, you have to look for is they cause a lot of havoc. Now, havoc, of course, we've talked about on the podcast before. Measures, tackles for losses, sacks, interceptions, turnovers, anything that makes an offense have struggles behind the line of scrimmage or in the turnover department. Purdue, very good in that category. They create a lot of havoc, which could make Wisconsin it you know, forced them into mistakes. They rank 19th in the country in terms of total havoc for the defense. So you have to be careful in terms of taking care of the football. Both squads are going to have to be looking for that. I think Purdue, when we get into how their offense is going to attack, they got to stay out of the turnover department as well. But Wisconsin, they're going to have some situations where they're going to give up sacks. They're going to give up tackles for losses. I think you have to stick with the game plan that you put in and not try and just you know, shell up if, if something doesn't go right because Purdue is going to make plays in this game. Purdue is going to make, you know, negative plays for the Wisconsin offense, and how you respond to that is going to be fascinating to watch. But to me, I think you look at this game, especially on the offensive side, this team's three and four. They're not winning the Big Ten West right now. You need wins to even get to a bowl. I'd say it's probably to me, it's a 50 50 shot if they even get to a bowl at this point in time, and if you do. This is likely one you need to get to four and four because the last four games are not, you know, gimmies in their own right. You've got Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, and Minnesota. None of those are gimmies right now with the way this team is playing. So I think this one is a very important one to win. And I think it's important to develop and try and get to a bowl, but also, you know, try and develop things for next year. You know, Jim Leonard is kind of auditioning. I think Bobby Ingram is auditioning whether he's going to be the offensive coordinator. And so far, I would say. It's it's to me it's a failed experiment thus far. Um and, and I wouldn't if if we're making wholesale changes and Jim Leonard's the guy, I would look be looking for a new offensive coordinator after this season. Unless you really see something turn around in these last four games. It looked like Northwestern they had some things turned around and then it reverted really back to that poor median that we've seen all across the the first five weeks. So I think that's kind of the approach that you have to have is that you're Kind of trying out for for next year um, on the offensive side of the football because I don't know if anyone is is safe on the offensive staff in terms of the changes that they're going to make. So this is where it's got to start coming together. You've got to you develop your game plan, trust it, and and hope that it works because there's going to be situations where they're going to be put back for some negative plays. So I think the the side of the football that's really going to be fascinating is Wisconsin's offense and how they respond to some adversity that they're likely going to face against this Purdue front seven. And in in a pass defense that is pretty good in their own right, too. We talked a lot about the run defense. Their passing unit has been pretty good as well. So neither phase of the Purdue defense has really, really struggled. So it's going to be interesting to see where they kind of go about this uh, Wisconsin offense and, and how Wisconsin offense responds and attacks. Switching gears now, of course, over to the Purdue offense and the Wisconsin defense. We know what Purdue is going to do in terms of what they like to do. They like to throw the football. Their main area of their offense is throwing the football. Now, in years past, it's been 85% passes, 15% runs. They've got a little bit more balance this year from Purdue, and I think that makes them a little bit more dangerous. I think Jim Leonard even talked about it in his Tuesday, or excuse me, Monday presser. Um, he talked about it, that Purdue has a little bit more commitment to the run which has allowed them to open things more up in the passing game. If you're just sitting back for pass and and maybe the occasional inside zone with their running backs, it's harder, or it's easier, I should say, for a defense to defend against that. Now, you still have to play coverage. You still have to have your man locked down. But I think if you don't have to respect that run game, it makes it a little bit easier to just sit in coverage. Whereas if you have to respect a run game, which I think you do right now, it makes it a little bit more challenging for Wisconsin on the defensive side. Look at the running game. It's Devin Maccabee is their running back. He's been really good. 5.7 yards a carry, five touchdowns, a nice long 60-A run. Very very agile, very speedy running back that is giving them consistent outputs of yards. They're not going to run it 30 times game like Wisconsin you're going to see. But if they can make you at least respect the run game that they have and take a little bit of pressure off Aiden O'Connell and that passing game, they they can do a lot more, I think, offensively. I think you you see what this team can do um, when when they have a balanced attack. And in the last few weeks, it's really been working for them on offense. Now, the main part of their offense is still the passing game. Aiden O'Connell's once again back as a quarterback. He's the guy that's another one of this Big Ten quarterbacks. that seems like they've been around forever playing really well so far this season 66% of his passes they do throw a lot of short passes it's you know his average you know yards per completion is just 7.2 yards as long as 56 on the season so you're gonna see plenty of, of short throws that is gonna have to come up and make tackles and they're gonna have to have things buttoned up uh, against these receivers Purdue you know you think of the Rondale Moores the David Bells they don't necessarily have that superstar name like coming into the season they don't have an all Big Ten guy but they developed two really Payne Durham at tight end is a really good name that some Big Ten fans and Badger fans might know he was kind of their their main player but they've got a good host of other receivers led by of course Charlie Jones again the seventh in the nation in terms of receiving yards on the season so you're talking about a top 10 receiver across college football one of the top receivers across the entire conference. Not a guy that was on a ton of radars coming into the season, but so far has put up stats to make you have to respect him as a a true wide receiver one. Now, last week, Wisconsin struggled against a really talented receiver like Jaden Reed against Ohio State. Really struggled against the athletic, good receivers of Ohio State. So trying to stay with Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy, Rashawn Rice, all guys that have put up some good, you know, yards throughout the season, but Jones is clearly Aiden O'Connell's favorite target. 9 touchdowns compared to the next highest just 3. So Wisconsin in terms of the defense and how they're going to attack, they've got to be buttoned up in their coverage. They've got to make sure they're playing a sign fo- sound football. They cannot be having these big busted plays, these, you know, you think to last week against Michigan State. Now, it was a gimmicky play, but they had a nice big, you know, pass play that that got them into field position. Otherwise, you know, you've you got to be ready for those. You've got to play sound football. And then I think the other big thing you're going to have to watch for the Wisconsin defense in some of these throws, they have to come up and tackle. These are short throws, you know, an average of 7.2 yards per completion. So it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk passing and then trying to get yards after the catch. And if you're Wisconsin, you have to eliminate any sort of yards after the catch. You've got to come up, make tackles, make plays and try and get them off the field on third down. You can't be, you know, you can't, yeah, I, I think last year I, I, there's a couple situations when I was watching the tape. There was a couple third and third and five, third and six, where Purdue would throw it short and they'd have it buttoned up for to to get off the field on on third down. And Purdue would break a tackle and, and pick up the first down by a yard. Wisconsin, if you're trying to have success against Purdue defense, excuse me, this Purdue offense, you've got to be able to slow that attack down, come up and make tackles and get them off the field. You can't just let them kill you death of a thousand paper cuts dink and dunk down the field because that will lead to not only draining the clock a little bit because you're you're gonna have these consistently completed passes. You know, these dink and dunk offenses are similar to a run heavy offense where they can bleed some clock off if they're completing a lot of short passes, but you're also going to be giving up points and keeping your defense and your secondary on the field and having to make a lot of plays over the course of a game which can really wear a group down. So I think defensively you got to be ready. you got to be assignment football in terms of your pass coverage, and you've got to be able to come up and tackle because, yes, Purdue can run the football. They do make you respect the run now a little bit more this season, but ultimately Jeff Brom, Aiden O'Connell, and this passing group, they want to throw the ball. That's what Purdue does. That's what they're likely going to do, and you've got to make sure that you're ready for that. Wisconsin's played Purdue for 15 straight seasons and many more beyond that. You know what they're going to come with. It's it's new players outside of the quarterback. It's new receivers, but it's it's kind of the same principles of their offense, and you, n- you need to know how to defend it. And frankly, Wisconsin did a good job last year, but a couple of years ago it was that overtime game back and forth where they were getting torched. And so far this season, this Wisconsin defense has had some struggles in terms of the way that they've attacked and, and, and slowed down really good passing attacks. So that's going to be really one to watch for, and I think that leads right into the matchup to watch you're talking about this game and what you need to watch. It's going to be wide receiver Charlie Jones against this Wisconsin secondary. Can they keep him in check like they weren't able to do last week against Jaden Reed? You know, we talked about Jaden Reed's probably the best wide receiver that Wisconsin would have faced the rest of the season, but Charlie Jones is up there as a pretty close second that you're going to face there's going to they're probably you're going to see some good receivers from Maryland you've got Rakeem, Rakeem Jarrett over there that you're still gonna to have to face Charlie Jones is right up there in that categorized terms of a true wide receiver one in the Big Ten Conference so that's going to be the matchup to watch is how Wisconsin goes about making sure to keep him in check he's going to he's going to have receptions he's got 62 on the year and you know, we're talking about 62 receptions over six games that's that's an average of about 10 catches a game So he's going to get pass catches. It's just can you make plays on him and try to limit the production that he makes once that ball is in his hands because he's a phenomenal player and one that has given some defense's fits over the course of the season. So making sure the corners and the safeties have him assigned and, and buttoned up every time is going to be vital to watch. All right, in terms of the players we'll be talking about come Sunday, I think if you win this game, it's going to be... I talked about balance attack on the offense. I still think if you're going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Braylon Allen. But I think Graham Mertz, if that offense gets shut down, he's going to have to be the guy that makes plays. I think one of the receivers is going to have to make some plays, whether it's Shemre DK. Of course, you, you lost Marcus Allen to the transfer portal. Some of these guys are going to have to step up and, and really make some plays and, and possibly make some... We're talking about yards after catch. Guys need to shake off some tacklers and get some big plays. Wisconsin early in the season, had some really explosive passing plays. They had some really explosive passing plays against Northwestern. Last week, they really didn't have much going in that category. And it allowed Michigan State to to key more in on the run, to send safeties and corners and send extra guys because the passing game wasn't working. And that was a pretty weak secondary for Michigan State. And you you think to the overtime, that was a a cornerback coming in and, and getting in on that Braylon Allen fumble. So you have to be able to make some plays in the passing game that starts with Graham Mertz, but it also comes down to the offensive line up front, and it comes down to the receivers making the plays and, and, and making some chunk plays and explosive plays to take some of that pressure off of Braylon Allen in the run game. So I think the player we're talking about is Graham Mertz. Defensively, it's going to be guys in the secondary. If, what for better or for worse, you know, this past week, for better or for worse, it was talking about Ricardo Hallman and his struggles against Jaden Reed. It's going to be a similar situation if they come out and they button things up, and Charlie Jones and Payne Durham and these receivers are are held in check. You're going to be giving major kudos to this Wisconsin secondary. If for some reason they're allowed to run wild, that's going to be once again the focal point: is what is going on with this Wisconsin pass defense and what's going on in in terms of the struggles of their coverage. Because Wisconsin, it's not you know worst in in college football by any means, but it's you know 80th in in terms of pass or success rate that's not good. That's not good enough for Wisconsin. That's not good enough to win you football games consistently. And that's why this team is sitting at three and four. It's every phase of Wisconsin's game right now is struggling, but I think that's one that you can really look to and say, man, they've got to get that corrected to really get things buttoned up to have success over the course of the rest of this season. So you're going into a bye week. This is a big one to try and get a win and try and get some confidence going on both sides of the football. So with this game, with the, Matchup to watch out of the way. I, time to get into the score prediction. I'll be honest with you guys, I, I don't really know how this game is going to go. I think this right now, this season has been so inconsistent from Wisconsin on both sides of the football in all phases of the game that it's hard to really know what's going to happen in this game. You look at Vegas odds, Wisconsin is a two and a half point favorite despite being three and four. Purdue comes in 5-2. and two. Wisconsin's won 15 straight. I felt like the last couple of years that Purdue was going to knock them off and catch them, and they haven't. So to me, it's it's really a crapshoot in this contest. I'm not going to pick the Badgers, though, unfortunately. I, I just haven't seen enough from them to win it. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with Purdue 31, Wisconsin 24 uh, right now. I think the value lies in Purdue from a betting perspective. I, I I would make Purdue a favorite in this game. I hope I'm wrong, but to me, I just haven't seen enough from Wisconsin to make them a favorite and pick them winning this game. I hope I'm wrong and the Badgers bounce back and get to 4-4. Four and four. We've seen so many ups and downs from this team that it's certainly possible, but I think right now, in terms of, of predict, it's got to be a prove-me-wrong mentality where I can't sit here and pick you know, pick Wisconsin with what we've seen over the course of this season. So it should be an interesting one, a huge one for Purdue. We talked about it in terms of the win streak, in terms of the, you know, Big Ten West race. They've got a big one with Illinois coming up in a a few weeks that could really be the determiner of the Big Ten West. But this one should be one that they've got to get in terms of their, um, in terms of their, you know, postseason desires and trying to get to the Big Ten Championship. You've got to get through Wisconsin and, in order, and for Wisconsin, you've got an well, opportunity to, to kind of play spoiler against team. Kind of roles reversed for these two teams. All right, getting into the rest of the Big Ten here quickly before we get into our interview with Travis Miller. We just talked about Purdue-Wisconsin, another premier game, Iowa-Ohio State. Ohio State, a 30-point favorite against Iowa. Can, what, did, would you ever expect to see that in 2022? But that's how bad it's been for the Iowa Hawkeyes this season. I think Ohio State rolls. 30 points is a lot of points, but the way this offense is going for the Hawkeyes, I don't see anything changes unless they go to Alex Padilla and and finally give up on the Spencer Petras experiment. Uh, Northwestern, Maryland, another game. uh, 2.30 on the Big Ten Network. Oh, we skipped an 11 o'clock game. Indiana, Rutgers, Rutgers... I I don't know that game is completely gross. I I don't think Rutgers is very good. I don't think Indiana is very good. I'd probably actually take the Hoosiers in in that contest, but anyone could win that one. Um, Northwestern Maryland, I think Maryland rolls Northwestern one and five on the season. I don't see it changing here. I think Maryland's a very good football team. And then the other premier game for the Big Ten, a lot of teams off this week in terms of the Michigans, the Michigan States. Um, You've got Minnesota traveling to Penn State this one's pretty close. This one's pretty tight. I think Penn State, coming into last week, I was very high on Penn State, and all of a sudden, Michigan really had some really strong success in the uh, rushing attack, which is not something you would see against this Penn State defense all season long. Minnesota, really good running the football, so I think Minnesota could stay within that number of four, but I do think Penn State finds a way to win this game at home at Happy Valley. That's such a advantage to play this game there, so... I'll go with the Disney Lions in a close type battle. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion of the show. Stick around. We've got a couple quick ad reads to get out of the way, and then we'll get further into Purdue with Travis Miller of Hammer and Rails. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Badger fans. We are now joined by a very special guest to talk some Purdue football. Travis Miller of Hammer and Rails, our SB Nation scissor site, covering Purdue. Always a great amount of content they put out over there. Great content leading up to this game. We had a QA exchange that we did earlier in the week. That um, there's Travis's art is the one you guys posted already out, I believe. Uh, I'm going to have it out on Thursday. Okay. Thursday. And then uh, we will have ours out there questions that we asked them out on friday so plenty of content on both sites make sure to check them out hammer and rails over there uh, hammer travis thanks for t- taking the time to join me and talk about this game i'm excited to get into it but the first question i want to ask you it's been 15 years since purdue knocked off wisconsin do you remember the last time that this happened
1: i do uh <laughs> it is Uh, it is one of only three times that Purdue has been involved in the college game day game and Purdue went to Madison in 2003. It was actually the very first time we were involved in a game day game and we won on a last second field goal.
0: Yes. I remember that a little bit. I was, I was younger, but I remember, I know Jim Leonard had a big play late to tie it on a kick return. I believe Um, that was, but that would have been like the Kyle ordinary, right? For Purdue.
1: Yes, because that was, in my opinion, the 2003 team was actually Tiller's best. I thought it was better overall, top to bottom, than the 2000 team, Uh, just because it had a better defense that was more consistent, better special teams uh, that was more consistent. And uh, even though we had had Drew Brees in 2000, having a Drew Brees does cover up a lot of things, so... (laughs)
0: Well, to f- flash forward and kind of work that into the conversation, do you think that this current team, this 2022 team, does that winning streak give some motivation to them, or do they kind of think, you know, that's you know, years past, it's not with us? But I mean, I would imagine, you know, a guy like Aiden O'Connell, some other guys that have been on the team for years, haven't beat Wisconsin. That's got to be, I would think, some added motivation for this Purdue squad.
1: I would think so, especially since it's a divisional opponent. Um, I know I know, we started the year with a loss to Penn State, and we also haven't beaten Penn State since 2004. But, you know, with them being in the East, we don't play them that often. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's a team that we've played every year since the division split. And, uh, you know, everybody who's been there knows what it's like. They, I mean – technically there's guys on the roster that may not have even been born yet when <laughs> the last <laughs> time was oh god now i feel old uh but you know there, there probably is a little bit of extra of hey we you know we need to get past these guys finally and i i've always viewed wisconsin as the bully in the west because you know not only have you won 15 straight most of those games haven't even been close uh i can only think of The 2018 game is the one where Mm -hmm. Purdue, I think, really, really had a chance to late to end the streak and couldn't get it done in triple overtime. So, you know, I, I think there's definitely a little extra motivation. I think they are also seeing that, you know, hey, we're competitive. We can win the Big Ten West right now. And you know our fans are already doing the whole well. We can win it without beating Wisconsin well, as long as we beat Illinois. I'm like, okay, yes, but I really want to beat Wisconsin for <laughs> once, please. Yes,
0: I don't blame it. Yeah, and that Illinois game that'll be uh, just a couple weeks. That could be a very huge game um, in the division and, and huge implications with that one as well. So I, I have no doubts this Purdue team will be very motivated, not only to break that streak but to put themselves in a, a really nice spot to win that West Division. So um, looking at this team offensively of course Badger fans know Purdue it's it, it's a pass happy offense Aiden O'Connell maybe one of the only few players that Badger fans might know It's there's kind of some new faces on this roster that we're not familiar with but Aiden O'Connell once again back running this offense he's been in it for a couple of years now how has he fared and, and how has this offense looked throughout the, the course of this season
1: O'Connell's been pretty good especially the last couple of weeks he's he could drop a 400 yard game pretty much on anybody at this point. Um, I know he missed the Florida Atlantic game with an injury, and then he was kind of limited against Minnesota. Uh, I think Minnesota held him to under 200 yards, but I think the biggest surprise and development that we've had is we have an actual running game now. Um, redshirt freshman walk on Devin Maccabee has been an incredibly pleasant surprise for us. He didn't even play. Against Penn State, he kind of got some walk-on minutes in the in the uh, blowout of Indiana State. But ever since then, uh, due to some injuries ahead of him and everything else, he's gotten a chance, and he has shined. He went for over 200 yards from scrimmage last week, had a touchdown. He had a very, very big run late against Minnesota that clinched the game, essentially. And he's got you know some good speed. He's got a burst that we haven't really seen for a while out of a Purdue running back. And he could be very elusive in the in the open field. He was a, a state track champion, a state long jump champion. So, I really like how this kid has come along. And like I said, he's a walk on, and you know was probably third or fourth on the depth chart when the season started. But he's really taken his opportunity to shine, and uh, he's been a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know I think Wisconsin. You think of when Badger fans think of Purdue, it seems like a pass happy offense that that, and certainly that's kind of their their go to. But it looked like at least in the numbers that I was looking at before we started recording that they've had a a much bigger commitment to the run, which I know Jim Leonard kind of talked about in his press early in the week that you're used to having to be ready for a unique look in the past. But now that Purdue seems to have a very tangible run game, it makes it seems like it makes their offense all that more dangerous.
1: And I I think that commitment to the run is something that they even learned in the opener, because against Penn State, we had the ball twice with, I think, less than six minutes to go while holding the lead, and we ran one running play. So even in the opener, they were kind of afraid to get anything going in the running game, and if you're able to run there, that very easily can become a win. So I think Brom has seen that and he's seen the mistake that he made there. And he was, he's made more of a commitment to it. Plus having Mockaby do what he's doing is just, you know, that's a bonus right there is just him being able to come out. He ran the ball 30 times against Nebraska. I can't tell you the last time we ran the ball 30 times as a team, let alone one guy (laughs) had 30 carries.
0: That is pretty, that is different for Purdue for sure. But it, it makes me a little nervous as a Wisconsin fan that you can't just be ready for the pass. You've got to be ready for a, a very good running attack as well and, and kind of have that balance that sometimes I wish Wisconsin would develop a little bit, maybe throw it a little bit more. So um, <laughs> gone are the likes. Uh, as we move into kind of continuing to talk about that pass game, You know, I think Badger fans are used to the David Bells, the Rondale Morris, that superstar wide receiver. Those guys are gone, but they're still passing game successes that they've had. Who are the weapons on the outside that Badger fans should kind of be on the lookout for?
1: Well, uh, we basically have Iowa's best weapon right now. Uh, Charlie <laughs> Jones has been just absolutely incredible. He is one of the statistically best receivers in the country. 62 receptions, 735 yards, and nine touchdowns. And I, I bet that Iowa really wishes that they had him right now because they barely used him as a receiver. And he just he exploded, had a fantastic uh, season opener, against Penn State he went for 153 yards and a touchdown and he's just been great he's a little banged up right now but he's been over 100 yards four times and he constantly gets open he's O'Connell's favorite target and he's got a little bit more elusiveness I think than Bell did and he's pretty sure-handed as well so I mean, it's, he's just been I, – I hate to say that he has fully replaced David Bell because David Bell was just so good, but the numbers at least so far are up there are if not even slightly better than well, where Bell was last year at this time.
0: Switching gears now to the defense a little bit, I, I know you kind of mentioned in, in our Q&A that we sent back and forth was kind of feast or famine, but at least from what I was seeing, it looks like a lot of the numbers look pretty good in terms of the run, in terms of the pass what has kind of gone right for this defense
1: and what's kind of been the area of concern on that side of the ball? The run defense I think has been very, very good. Um, We, you know, we faced some good running attacks. Um, I believe it's Sean Tucker for Syracuse. He was a really great back. We held him under 50 yards. We, uh, admittedly we got lucky against Minnesota and that Ibrahim didn't play for whatever reason but we still were able to shut them down. I'm shocked that we have not given up more than 50 yards rushing to a running back all season. Um, a couple of quarterbacks went for 80 or 90 yards with us. I know Schrader, Garrett Schrader the quarterback for Syracuse, was close to 90, and, uh, and Kosey Perry, the quarterback for Florida Atlantic, was close to 90. But I honestly, I have no complaints whatsoever about the run defense. The pass defense is where that feast or famine comes in. Um, we have... 10 interceptions as a team we've taken two of those back to the house for touchdowns so they can make a big play they can you know get the big stop also we can give up the big play Uh, all you need to do is watch what Trey Palmer did last week against Purdue and uh, you'll see you'll see that this secondary can get burned at times and I think another significant stat that's out there is I believe we have given up a scoring drive in the final minute of a half seven times this year. So, <laughs> and, and that includes, you know, the late touchdown drives by Penn state and Syracuse are only losses. So this is not a team that's done really, really well when it's been trying to close out a game or close out a half uh, with, you know, a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, they're not good against the two minute drill. And that's, that's deeply concerning, honestly, and some of that's just been poor tackling. Some of that's been poor coverage. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Wisconsin will, will, will kind of try and attack this Purdue
0: uh, defense. When you talk about years past, when we're talking about that win streak, there's been games where Wisconsin running backs have gotten loose for for big games, but this Purdue defense seems like they might stuff up that run game a little bit. Wisconsin's kind of struggled against good run defenses thus far this season and it might be in the hands of Graham Mertz to try and keep them in this game so it'll be a fascinating back and forth on the that side of the ball for the Badgers so kind of wrapping things up in terms of this game what do you think Purdue needs to do to win it and then after that could you give us what your prediction is for this contest
1: I think it's the same as always I mean it's Wisconsin we know what's coming large offensive line talented running back going behind it lather rinse repeat that's what has been this entire <laughs> 15 game streak i mean you just changed the names monty ball jonathan taylor melvin gordon uh i'm sure i'm forgetting a few others in there that have had gi- gigantic games but uh but yeah I, and then last year mertz only th- completed five passes mm-hmm. and so it was all allen and is it new, new is this is this back up?
0: Yeah. Chesma Lucy. Yep. I don't know if he'll be in there this, he's got a banged up wrist, so he might not be available in that, uh, in that contest.
1: But yeah, those two guys went for almost 300 yards last year and you won by 17 points with Mertz completing five passes. So, I mean, that, that's just what Purdue's got to do. They have got to stop the Wisconsin running game or at least slow it down. It's been the same thing for nearly two decades now, and we've not been able to do it. So, you know, honestly, I'm picking Wisconsin Uh, until proven otherwise, man. I just, I can't, you guys have just owned us and it's been the, the same way over and over and over again. So it's like until proven otherwise, I, I got to go with you guy. I have I just have to assume Braylon Allen's going for two hundred and fifty and three scores.
0: <laughs> That's a fair assessment. I think for for me on the other side, I think I'm picking Purdue. And then I saw the line came out in Wisconsin was favored. and I was going, "Oh man, they're going to try and convince me to to buy into this Wisconsin game." And instead, they're going to come away victorious. So I don't know what to think. That's kind of been. The Badger season in a nutshell is one week they're great. One week they look like a completely different football team. So nothing would shock me, um, you know, come this Saturday. But it should be a fun one at Camp Randall Stadium Saturday afternoon. We'll see if Purdue can snap that streak and uh, keep themselves very much in the running of a, a what should be a fascinating kind of Big Ten West race here between the Boilermakers and possibly the Illinois Fighting Illini. Travis, thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks a lot, Tyler. I appreciate it. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, on Wisconsin.